Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 956, chapter 147, Debts. Since I had a great deal of free time on my hands, midway through the term, I hired the use of a two-horse scutter cart and headed to Tarbine on a bit of a lark. It took me all evening to get there, and I spent most of the evening visiting old haunts and paying old debts. A cobbler who had been kind to a shoeless boy, an innkeeper who had let me sleep on his hearth some nights, a tailor I had terrorized. Parts of Waterside were strikingly familiar, while other pieces I didn't recognize at all. That didn't particularly surprise me. A city as busy as Tarbine is constantly changing. What did surprise me was the strange nostalgia I felt for this place that had been so cruel to me. I had been gone for two years. For all practical purposes, it was a lifetime ago. It had been a span of days since the last rain, and the city was dry as a bone. The shuffling feet of a hundred thousand people kicked up a cloud of fine dust that filled the city streets. It covered my clothes and got in my hair and eyes, making them itch. I tried not to, I tried not to dwell on the fact that it was mostly pulverized horseshit, with an assortment with an assortment of dead fish, coal smoke, and urine thrown in for flavor. If I breathed through my nose, I was assaulted with the smell. But if I breathed through my mouth, I could taste it, and the dust filled my lungs, making me cough. I didn't remember it being as bad as this. Had it always been so dirty here? Had it always smelled this bad? After half an hour of searching, I finally found the burned-out building with a basement underneath. I made my way down the stairs and through the long hallway to a damp room. Trappist was still there, barefoot, and wearing the end of the page— I'm Jeremy, and I have returned. I have been released from my tomb of uh, of Rubbermaid tub. I have been. Uh, I have come out of the brine, uh, pickled and flavorful. Indeed, a rare vintage. Yes, Jeremy, right. your acidic aroma is a gift to the nostrils, and that's right. We're all back together for the first time in a long time. How's you're here. We've all been. We've all had a very busy uh, late summer, and uh, it's been messing with our recording schedule. There's a lot of great sensory detail on this page that makes me, I don't know, it, 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 it rings true. And it I find it delightful, partly because I feel like it's not something that one used to see very commonly in fantasy. Pre-modern cities, like cities basically any time before we had modern sanitation and plumbing, were probably disgusting. Like they must have smelled horrible because not only were horses shitting in the street but like people were throwing their shit in the street you know to say nothing of all the other you know refuse and you know they're like midden heaps everywhere and people didn't bathe like just like a miasma of stink it's not just that it's a pre-modern city it's that quoth is used to staying in better cities the university probably has plumbing and severin He's been hanging out where the nobility live. I don't know if they have plumbing in Severin, mm-hmm. but they probably have, you know, the technology that lets them shit out the window down uh, down the cliff. So, oh yeah, I've seen pictures of how that works. Yeah, the Incredible Cross Sections books. There's always at least one knight with his ass out in those books. <laughs> the people used to siege castles by climbing up those. Well, good thing there's an easy way to uh, to disincentivize climbing up those. Indeed. <laughs> But that's the. I don't think it would be a disincentive because because as we learned from Monty Python, 
people in the medieval era were just used to being covered in shit. Knights used to shit in their armor. That's awful. Oh my god. That's because the they'd dream. be wearing it all day. You can't you can't like you can't like go off from the battlefield to, to like have your squire take your armor off so you can take a shit. Literally that's living the dream. That is what it means to be nobility. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean imagine being the poor squire who has to scrub out the, the chain mail. I, I'm not. I'm going to imagine being the noble. Let us return with a V to the time when we can get some piss boy to scrub our armor. (laughs) While we live it up on pheasant and uh, fine slices of cured Jeremy. Oh boy. I I think you're right though, Nick, that like Tarbine is particularly like, it's not just like a town. It's like a metropolis with a hundred thousand people in it, which is huge for a pre-modern city. Um, and I think we even learn when Quoth first goes to the university and Imra that they do have indoor plumbing. Uh, and like, that's one of the things that kind of makes it like unique and interesting. Uh, I do want to put forward that maybe it's gotten worse, that maybe Quoth doesn't remember it being so bad because it actually is worse now. I think both options are good for different reasons. I don't see how the story is served by it just literally has gotten worse since he left. But I do see how the story is served if it's not the city that's changed at all. It's that Quoth has spent two years living in like a nicer place with not so many people in it. And he's returning to the city as something of a stranger. Here's the thing. I do think it's that. I do think it's that Quoth has changed. And this this is you know illustrating the difference. But I also think that it does serve the story to show how things are getting worse. In the frame narrative, things are inarguably worse. And so this to me, it could be the beginning of the slope is that things get worse where it's already bad before they get worse where things are good. I, but I do think I, it's, it's the, the simple answer is that it is Quoth who has changed and this is illustrating the difference between uh, Waif Quoth and uh, shitting in the armor. I, uh, I agree with Nick. In different words, but I agree with Nick. I, I think that I would agree with you if there was any evidence to to tie the way things have gotten may have maybe gotten worse in Tarbine to something Quoth has done. Cause I think that the, I think that all the ways in which the world has gotten worse in the frame narrative can ultimately be tied back to things Quoth has done. And I don't think you can really tie this to Quoth. That's fair. But, That's fair. Uh, and on the other side of the scale, there's just like so many other things other details that just point to like Quoth being like, oh man, I used to be so familiar with this place and now it's not familiar to me at all, which is an experience I have had. Like even the first time I visited Montreal after having left, like that's where I went to university, I left. And then when I went back, I was like, oh man, I don't know my way around anymore. The city feels so different. Or even more recently uh, when pandemic restrictions started to loosen up and I started like going to other parts of Toronto that weren't like walkable for me, uh, I would be like, oh, wow, all these storefronts are different now, you know, or this like that building has gone up. Yeah, a lot of things changed. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about our old friend. The cobbler. Yes, yes our, our very favorite cobbler. The cobbler whose son may or may not still be among the living. The son who is absolutely still alive and just happened to not wear the shoes. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> sweet simple it's nice Georgiana. to get the closure it's nice that Quoth <laughs> is thinking about this and now that he has the means he can come back and even makes things right with the uh, the tailor that he messed with that he pretended to be Ambrose in front of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I seem to recall that 
in that sequence, Jordana took particular umbrage at the way Quoth treated that tailor. Uh, okay, wait. What is umbrage? Uh, offense. Oh, wow. That really educates me a little more on that one lady's name in Harry Potter. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things I didn't know before. Anyway, sorry, what did I take offense to? The way that Quoth ta- treated the, the tailor. Yes. He walked in naked and demanded a suit of clothes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I just, I would be upset by that. I'm just saying. Well, well sure. Do you feel like Quoth has done right? He's kind of paying back his dues here and, and that's good. I, I like that. I like that he's, uh, now that he is in a position to do so, he's doing what he can. And that's, that's a nice thing. I don't recall any particular instance of the innkeeper letting him sleep on the hearth some nights, but I imagine that's just like, that wasn't an incident. It was just, well, it rings a a bell in that. I think, I think it was mentioned the same way. Like it was mentioned like as an offhandy thing. When he decides he's going to go to the university, he like, he goes to an innkeeper and like, he sleeps next to the hearth. He gets like a bath. Like that's where he goes after he's got the clothes. Or before he's got the clothes, one or the other. Yeah, he has to have a bath in order to go get there. That must have been it, then. Yeah, those those are the three characters who he kind of like. He he sort of swindles on his way out, um, and so I I think it's a nice closing of the loop. But I also think that for a lot of readers, perhaps even myself, once upon a time, you if you're reading this book for the first time and you read you're reading it when it came out and you read name of the wind when it came out you might not remember because that was a whole book ago that he met those characters you might not remember them so which doesn't take anything away from this line this is like the good kind of fan service because it doesn't take away from your enjoyment of the story if you don't remember who these characters are but if you do remember who these characters are then this is a nice satisfying like ah those guys cool yes i agree have you noticed that fan service has shifted to mean like showing the tits of the characters now, when people... no, it always meant that. Oh. I think that fan service just means the thing the fans want, and sometimes that thing yeah, happens to be tits. <laughs> huh? Okay, well, slap my ass and call me Charlie. I'd rather not, really. I will. Well, I'm, I'm. You, you I mean, I'll call you Charlie, but <laughs> no, no, it's a package. You're not a good ally if you don't. <laughs> Yes, the ultimate woke school You're going to be called out on TikTok. The last thing I want to mention is that it's only been two years. Uh, Quoth has leveled up in my uh, mind's eye several times since he was child size uh, in Tarbine. So a two-year difference doesn't doesn't really jive, possibly because he was with Felurian for a while, and one of his level-up moments is with Felurian. Um but in my memory, he's like fully a child, like seven years old when he's in Tarbine. And then he's like in his 20s he's physically like a... here and now. OK, well, that's a little bit of a problem with your mind's eye, because he's definitely like a early teenager when he leaves Tarbine. He's like 14. I, yeah, I know. But still, in my mind's eye, he's like fully a child. Maybe your mind needs glasses. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but I could uh I could laugh at such a thing and bring joy with, with said laughter. I also like like there's just a couple other details on this page that I want to comment on, which is that the, the dust cloud of yeah. like, filth that's kicked up 
is is like a detail that I feel like I haven't seen in a lot of other depictions of fantasy cities, but it feels totally verisimilitudinous, especially when you have to imagine like most of the streets in the city are just dirt, right? Like no one's like, you know, they're not paving all the roads. Um, so you just, that's a thing that I think that in the modern world, we don't necessarily, or at least, you know, in developed countries where our roads tend to be paved, it's not a thing we think about. Uh, and, but it must be uh, really gross and unpleasant. And surely people in Tarbin must have like, you know, bandanas or, or what have you to deal with it or they're just used to it uh, like having visited mumbai which is a city that does not smell good people just are used to it okay well there you go um but also again we're sort of pointing out like foth has time on his hands now he has free time and money to spend in a way that he did not uh in the last time he lived in the university he has the time to be like i'm just gonna take a little holiday and go back to tarby and i haven't been there in a while he he would not have considered that a year ago reasonable yeah well he also doesn't have anything to strive toward in his studies working his way towards being alpha but you know he, he doesn't have any like exams or whatever mm-hmm. he has become self-actualized but for he's, how long uh, what do they say <laughs> what do they say jeremy he's he's moisturized He's in his lane. In his lane. He's flourishing. That sounds like a lovely place to be. I mean, he's not moisturized after he spent enough time in Tarbine because he's going to be all dusty. Well, that's why he has to moisturize. And yes, it does sound like a lovely Indeed. place to be. Would that we could all be so lucky. Listeners, if you want to help us buy moisturizer, you can do it by uh, going to patreon.com slash page of the wind or Kofi. Okay, wait. Before we go into the, the... I have a thing upon visiting away from home right now. And my, my dad's significant other made this amazing thing for for me to now add to the podcast which is uh they were talking about the word awry and how it can be mispronounced as awry is it think about the word awry right isn't that amazing mm. i thought that was amazing i mean it's yeah. you mean like if you're reading it phonetically and isn't that like uh-huh. a fantastic and interesting thing when we think about the character awry and that awry is kind of awry Maybe. yeah i never thought of that yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a homonym for a ride. Yeah. yeah. yeah I see what anyway. You're doing there. I'm a phone, rather. And listeners, if you want to see what we're doing, you can develop your parasocial relationship with us by going to our website, pagethewind.com, which has links to our presence on social media, our Discord, our merch store, and as Nick mentioned, our, uh, our payment avenues of Patreon and Ko-Fi. Jeremy, what do you do when you want to contact someone to ask for gay sex? You pick up the like homophone. Scruff or grinder? Okay, wait, I want to hear the punchline. I want to hear the punchline. I mean, I said you pick up the homophone. Oh, that was the punchline. Wait, so what did Jeremy say? Grinder? Yeah, you go to grinder? <laughs> well, I, I, pick up, I pick up my homophone and I open up Scruff or grinder or Adam for Adam or Squirt. Or oh, there's so many. Keep there going. So Keep going. Don't don't stop. Basically the same. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what they tell me after I've been on Scruff or Grinder for you know a couple of hours. Uh, uh, and listeners, um, you can put that image in your mind's eye and smoke it on tomorrow's page. <laughs> <laughs> Do not inhale smoke through your eye. The wind. <laughs> the wind. <laughs> <laughs>